0: Ready when you are.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters. I am your hostess, Darcy Chambers. I'm Kyle. I'm still letting him join me on yes. our podcast. If you want to
0: boot me, just go ahead anytime. No, no. Good, good luck setting all this stuff up.
1: Yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, we're going back to doing some case studies. Woohoo, um, The first one I found was from ASQ. <laughs> Um, This is from July of 2012, but I really, I was reading through it the other day and it's eight or nine pages and. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections. Tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. I told Kyle it's going to have to be a two-parter because I basically highlighted the whole...
0: <laughs> Literally, like, here, show, the, show the camera. For those of you listening... they may not
1: be able to see it, though. Go check
0: out the uh, the YouTube video. I hope video. the highlight
1: shows up on the camera. I'm
0: sure it does. But it's
1: really, you know, and every page looks like... Looks the, like
0: that. The paper is white, not yellow. But you <laughs> might not be able to tell.
1: But it was really cool what they did, and uh, we'll get into it. We'll just jump right into it. So I didn't really know a lot about the Mayo Clinic. Me neither. Um, many years ago, I worked for the company. The boss's wife had some serious medical issues, and I can't remember if they went there or they were looking at going there. And to me, it was just kind of a... Far-off place Mm -hmm. that, you know, people with real serious medical issues went to. That's kind of what I
0: understood. Either that or it was good on a ham sandwich. Mayo? Yeah. Clinic? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So Should have been a comedian. First thing that I didn't know is that they were founded in the 1880s. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was surprising. They were founded in Rochester, Minnesota, and they've always... Been um, kind of innovators mm-hmm. from the start, their executives were physicians in their practice. Okay. And so I thought that was cool to have, you know, instead of bringing on like some other CEO right. from some other, you know, that's my thing. I always bring back education. Mm-hmm. But, and the truth of the matter is the people making the laws or maybe in the home office of the district probably were. A teacher at some point but right. they've been out for so long they don't remember well, what it's
0: like i talk about this with our <clears throat> sorry with our software a lot as well as like what makes it special is the fact that it's not some computer geek with five different certifications and right. code you know three states away building your tool it's folks that have been there and done it and know what is actually useful now finding the mesh of skills with these doctors that can manage a business and are, are good doctors know that that's a difficult combo to find. Well, it's it good. talked
1: about, I don't know if right off, they talked about it, but you know, they talked about finding the best doctors. Yeah. So, you know, they wanted the best of the best. Um, and the successful managers were given an additional term to keep building their skills and knowledge and grow the organization. Um, it talks about a man named Henry Plummer, who was one of their pioneer physicians. Um, in the early 1900s, he advocated for what he called pooled resources, okay. which was a way of um, keeping and retrieving patient charts so that all the physicians' analysis could be together yeah. on a single patient. Right. So basically, you want all the doctors to be able to access all the, same, the yeah. other doctors' information right. So you can treat the whole part. I mean, that's one of the most annoying things. You go to the doctor and you say uh-huh. the same thing over and over and over again. Yep.
0: Well, and then you wind up with these goofy little silos of knowledge. I mean, totally true here in the medical field, but it's true everywhere else. You end up these little silos of knowledge. And my gosh, you have to share what you know with others because you don't know how the, the uh, pieces interconnect.
1: I, yeah. And I think you're, what you're saying is it's true for even companies that we work with in mm-hmm. the And the oil and gas and, you know, whether you're using us or not in your company, you can have one employee that just has been there for years and years, you know, and knows all these little tricks Mm -hmm. and tips that can help. Mm -hmm. But that has to be shared among everyone else. So in 1948, the clinic established a Department of Systems and Procedures, to um advance system-wide consistency and when was this in 1948 really cool Um, then in 1980s Mm -hmm. they went underwent a vast expansion so it's just kind of cool to show how they're kind of always ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. from the very beginning they wanted to be physician led then you got this doctor in the early 1900s that says wait we should all be able to access everybody's information I mean, way before the start of computers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then in 1948, they're saying, okay, we've got to be consistent all across our systems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in the 1980s, they had a big expansion. And I think this is probably the Mayo Clinic as we know it today. They went from one location in Minnesota to locations in Florida and Arizona. They also had developed the Mayo Health System. That served communities across Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. So this is they really They also huge created expansion. a medical school and a graduate school of medicine. Okay. okay. So now. <laughs> and on this
0: occurred in what, a five-year period of time?
1: In the 1980s. Right. So. This is huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of expansion in one decade.
0: Yeah. And a lot of problems you're going to run into.
1: Right. <laughs> so in the '90s, they said they decided they really got to look at quality, and mm-hmm. they started approaching it with rigor and measuring it more thoroughly. Um, they went to the Duran Institute, which I think we've talked about mm-hmm. before, um, and they went ahead and launched a full fledged quality <laughs> program. Mm-hmm. They pursued six, very. some of the leaders pursued mm-hmm. Six Sigma training, which okay. I don't know a lot about. I know it's a big thing for all yeah. y'all. <laughs> I know it involves belts and colors, like y'all are trying to do <laughs> karate or something.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, well, for anyone that else that doesn't know, and any Six Sigma gurus, you're going to correct me to some degree here on as well, but it's basically... Do. Yeah. (laughs) It is effectively trying to to zero in on the defects from a very mathematical uh, type standpoint. There's lots of tools and tricks used for it. They're really trying to use numbers and very systematic ways of doing things to knock down those errors.
1: Okay. What he said. (laughs) So their comment is that this effort brought about some improvements Mm-hmm. And help de- develop future key leaders, but there was a conflict between efficiency, in their definition as mm-hmm. containing the cost, and effectiveness. Uh-huh. And so this conflict was felt by many, mm-hmm. and the perceived cost of quality management clashed with the results, yep. and they dropped the program.
0: It's not uncommon at all. I mean, I'm I'm not knocking uh, the Six Sigma methodology, but with like most any type methodology it's not good enough on its own and you talk about um well heck even the same with a uh, like you look at martial arts right so that's why this mma is such a big deal is because what they started realizing is that you can be an expert in this one style but you're gonna get your butt kicked by someone else that's this good is. at a different style right so um, you really need a good mixture to 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 be you know to be tough, yeah, like, and it's the same with like like
1: well-rounded program. Yes, yes, <laughs> you, you gotta
0: have a good mixture. And I've seen where these some of these Six Sigma projects, man, they bank you know hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars into trying to resolve real small issues because it's just one tool, and that's a hell of a tool, but it's just one tool.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know because I don't know about Six Sigma, but I feel like there's some sort of prestige associated with Six Sigma. It is,
0: because if you're going to be...
1: So companies are more willing to spend the money because Mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, we have Six Sigma. Yes, yeah.
0: And if you're going to kind of advance the the ranks with it, you really have to be a very, very bright, um, dedicated type person. So if you hear someone talking about their black belt with Lean six segment like they're they're really smart they're really good at what they do but again it's it's one tool
1: it's one tool so this is what i like i mean again i highlighted the whole article <laughs> i really respect organizations that look at themselves and say how can we do better so i feel like a lot of companies will try quality programs say that didn't yeah. work we're done right um Okay, so that was in the 90s. They went through that ordeal. Mm -hmm. In 1999, the Institute of Medicine, or IOM, released a report and they challenged healthcare providers to reduce preventable medical errors by 50% over the following five years. So, Mayo leadership said all organizations, whether you're good or bad, need improvement. Agreed. So, again, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I think they realized they were a pretty good organization, mm-hmm. but we need an improvement. And this Institute of Medicine is saying we want you to reduce preventable medical errors right that's a mouthful (laughs)
0: 550
1: percent in five years
0: now there's a lot to that though because you're talking about reduce it by 50 percent over five years okay so that's whatever you're currently have so you have to know what you you have to know what you currently have and
1: across all these different clinics and hospitals and everything that they have just built
0: but that's a good goal to undertake you have to have a goal Yes. And, you know, I would like to know more about the implementation of the earlier Six Sigma program. But I wonder if they had a specific goal other than reduce our costs. Because if your only goal is to reduce your costs, my gosh, there's so many ways you can go about that. You're going to butt heads with people. There's going to be so much arguing and bickering over it and so many projects that could be tackled. But this is pretty specific.
1: Yeah, I was reading to see if maybe I skipped their goal when they started six sigma but it doesn't really it just says as healthcare changed they started to pursue things they knew they needed something yeah um so at that time the ceo in 1999 when this report came out the ceo was dr dennis cortese um he initiated some steps toward quality so i'm just going to read these okay Um, take a serious look at the gaps between their high aspirations and they're good, but far from perfect results.
0: I like it. That's effectively any other business. You've got your KPIs against your objectives and against your policy. And, you know, what are the KPI Key Performance Syndicate? Mm-hmm. What do we want to do? Where are we at? And just assess it. Where are we missing it?
1: Yeah. And like I said earlier, you know, they know they're good. Mm-hmm. But they're not perfect. Yep. So how can we meet our high aspirations? Yep. Um, pay greater attention to Sentinel events which were instances of clearly avoidable major patient harm.
0: Yep. I like it.
1: So definitely appreciate that. Yes. Um, Learn from achievements of other healthcare organizations. Mm -hmm. So they're going to learn from other people who are, you know, like you said with the MMA, like these other organizations may not be better at everything, but if they're doing one thing better, then let's see how they're doing that one thing better and bring it here. Um, then they appointed a chief quality officer. Yes. Who was Dr. Stephen J. Swinson? I don't know if he's still there. He was a physician mm-hmm. and he got, again, keeping true yeah. to like, we want a doctor that knows, mm-hmm. you know, what our well, doctors need. Let me, and, hold on. He partnered <laughs> with James Dilling, who was an engineer mm-hmm. to, good. to help, you know, improvements.
0: One of the things that I've disliked about the newer 2015 edition of the ISO standard, which is now the foundation for darn near every new standard that will ever come out for a while, is in the 2008 edition of the ISO 9001 standard, they had the requirement for a uh, quality management representative. Mm -hmm. The problem, I know why they took it out, because too many organizations Took it as to appointing a quality management representative as its own position, as its own job title, as the dedicated singular quality manager. But the idea behind the standard that most companies fail to realize is that this really should be someone that, of irrespective of other job duties, is a point man for the for the mm-hmm. organization, more of a figurehead than the top, you know, be it all know it all manager. Not
1: somebody you bring in from outside the organization, right? Or- promote from within.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just <clears throat> somebody that's going to lead this task. Exactly. exactly. That still do their regular job. Exactly.
0: So they're so, still tied to the world, you know?
1: Yeah. So um so now that they've got this in place, they're really going to look at quality again. They're going to try to reduce their medical errors by 50%. They have a quality officer so now they've started exploring quality theories Okay. to see what's going to be best. Because they've already went down the Six Sigma road mm-hmm. and they said, mm, that didn't work for us. Right. So they looked at continuous improvement, Okay. Toyota's total productive maintenance system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's funny for a number of reasons. We previously talked yep. about it on the start with uh-huh. why. Um, and it's going to be in an upcoming episode <laughs> as well.
0: You just can't um, escape um, I, what Deming started, doesn't matter where you I, go. I
1: really want to get somebody from Toyota <laughs> on here. Um, the Baldridge criteria for performance excellence. Do you I'm know that? I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. If somebody out there knows something about that, <coughs> Six Sigma and Lean. Mm-hmm. So I guess those are two different things within yes, Six Yes, they Sigma. get kind of thrown together, but yes. Okay as well as benchmarking companies that underwent successful transformation. Yes. So they looked at these five different quality theories and they benchmarked mm-hmm. other companies that were already successful, had already done yeah. quality and successful. So that's six different things. So what they realized is that really a blend of these methodologies mm-hmm. would be best. Wait, you're saying that any cookie cutter
0: system doesn't work for everyone? You Um, can't just lay a quality system on top of a company. um, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. That's what Mayo
1: found for themselves. (laughs) But what they realized, not just that it wouldn't work for them, but that that's how you get the most successful and lasting outcomes. Yes. So it can work, but it won't be as successful as it could be, and it won't last as long as it could. Um. So, they developed a value creation system which blended the aspects, you yeah. know, the best pieces of all the different right. quality
0: theories. Now, let me clarify though, when you say best, if another company took the exact same initiative, they probably would have found different aspects that of course, are best.
1: Because it's a, di- I mean, you can't really compare a healthcare system to, you know, a drilling company. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, they, it's not. They have, no. they have different needs. Um, so they went about defi- defining their strategic challenges. Okay, they wanted to lower costs and improve the quality of healthcare.
0: Okay, okay, pretty broad and generic.
1: Right. So they gave an example that I highlighted because I highlighted the whole article. <laughs>
0: yes. That
1: the Institute of Medicine that I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. IOM, uh, reports pointed out that staff infections at one time were conher- considered an inherent risk, like. Just yeah. just might happen in all those papers. You sign mm-hmm. off your sign saying, I recognize it's going to happen. But now they're saying it can't it, be tolerated right. anymore. we got to n- take this out. So
0: Stephen Covey would have said this is a very much a paradigm shift of, hey, this is just an inherent risk. We can't do anything about it. To
1: well, Maybe we could. Yeah, and they have some more examples <laughs> later on that we're going to talk about. So they wanted to focus on, improving the entire system. They didn't want to just improve this clinic or Mm -hmm. that clinic. Let's Mm -hmm. get our whole system. And again, I love it. They want to do it system wide. Yep. It kind of reminds me a while back, maybe one of our first episodes we talked about, I think it was Orkin. It was one of the pest control Mm -hmm. companies Mm -hmm. and they did something similar. They tried something, it didn't work and they tried to control like each cause some of their, um, franchises were individually owned some were owned sure. by the corporate right and so they just kept trying till they got it right and they wanted it right across the board so that their customers weren't confused right um so they wanted to improve the whole system and the big question is how can we promote standardized best practices across more than 50 locations That's a lot. And it's healthcare. Like, you know, I just mentioned the pest control, which not to say, well, I am saying it's easier. I mean, it seems like that would be easier to standardize because with healthcare, you're dealing with so many different people and different ailments and different, there's so many different possible scenarios. There
0: are. There are. But, I mean, I guess it still depends on how you look at it. If you want to take a look at it from a profitability standpoint, I mean, you know. Doctors gets charged more and hospitals gets charged. More. We all know how expensive this stuff is. The mm-hmm. point is, is they're not bargaining to be the cheapest. Whereas like right. Oregon, it has to bargain to be the cheapest mm-hmm. or the next box on the shelf, no matter how awesome or it is. Or the best yeah.
1: product. Yes. Not necessarily the cheapest, but best for your yep. money. Um, so obviously they needed strategic transformation but they wanted to keep what was already making them successful. Mm-hmm. They needed fundamental fundamental changes to um, approaching their customers, their workforce, their operation, and information and knowledge management. So this is just a
0: small task. Yeah. Just real tiny. You know, we can knock it out in three months, right?
1: But I love that they're recognizing all the different areas that it's going to affect. Wait, I feel like so many times when we talk to a company about quality, they're like, <laughs> you know... Well, it's just for the guys on the shop floor, yeah. And they're like, "No, this is for our customers. Mm-hmm. This is for the workforce. Yeah. This is for operations. This it's... is for information and knowledge management." They realize they're going to have to have a better system, computer uh-huh. system. Uh-huh.
0: Like they—they've got—they know—they know what they're getting into. Well, I think we have to cut it off. We do. We got to cut it off, and. and... Now, we'll probably pick this up in three minutes, but y'all got to wait a week.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tune in next week to hear the rest. That's good. (laughs) Hey, y'all. We want to invite you to watch our videos on YouTube, Texas Quality Assurance, and click that subscribe button. You can also click subscribe wherever you listen to our podcasts and look for more information at QMCast.com.